This is Performance Time, the show about the human side of performance engineering. I'm Stephen Townsend. Welcome back. Last time we talked about stress and anxiety in performance engineering. And I talked about some of the reasons why performance engineering as a job can be particularly stressful. But today I want to talk about what can we do about it. Now, for a lot of reasons, I don't feel qualified to answer that question because I still deal with the stress of work every single day. In fact, I've just come through one of the most difficult times in my working life. In December last year, I noticed that I had, it came pretty suddenly, a spot in my vision on one of my eyes. It was like someone had shone a torch in my eye, like a little baby torch, uh, near the center of, of my eye with my vision. And I left it thinking it might go away. I wasn't sure initially if it was a migraine or what it was. But after a month, I went to an optometrist and they scanned my retina and they saw that there was fluid behind my retina. And the optometrist explained this is a, a stress-induced condition. It's going to take three or four months to heal. And if you don't get on top of your stress, it's going to get worse or not go away. And I worried that it would potentially permanently impair my vision. Because seeing is such an important part of my working life and my personal life as well. I mean, I can't afford for anything to, to go wrong. So that was a huge wake-up call for me. I knew I needed to do something drastic in my work and my life. And I, one of the things I did was I went to counseling uh, to get some techniques that I could use to better handle situations. And I learned quite a lot of interesting things about myself and tactics that I could use. And I'm sure this doesn't relate to everyone. Different people experience stress in different ways. But for me, a big part of it is the way that I motivate myself as a person. Now, oversimplifying it, there's two basic brain chemical pathways that we use to motivate ourselves, to, to get ourselves out of bed in the morning, to do a particular task at work, whatever it is, right? Now, there's the uh, I might be hopefully get this right serotonin adrenaline pathway which is all about responding to something so let's say a thousand years ago or say five thousand years ago there's a there's a tiger and it's threatening the village we have to just immediately react respond quickly decisively right so that kind of motivation can be really useful but it takes a toll Right? It, causes, it takes a lot of energy to do that, and it's hard on the body and hard on the mind. Now, the other way that we can motivate ourselves is the dopamine pathway, which is not about responding or reacting. It's about setting goals and achieving them. And the interesting thing about it is it's not necessarily about achieving the end goal. You can get a dopamine fix for every step along the way just by acknowledging that you are making a step in the right direction. Now, my entire life, my entire career, 
almost everything that I've ever done, I've motivated myself through fear. I've done something because I didn't want to get it wrong. I didn't want to be seen as stupid. I didn't want anyone to think less of me. I wanted to impress people, which has served me really well so far in my career. I've I've found success. I've done good work a lot of the time. But I'm burnt out now. It's no longer serving me. I need a different way to operate. And that has been eye-opening for me and has completely changed the way that I relate to my work and actually to my life as well. On the topic of burnout, I've been trying to find ways to get my energy back. And the most incredible thing is that I found my energy by doing more, but by putting my energy into more of a balanced life. So I think before I spent most of my energy at work and the remainder on my family, but not even the good family times, but more just the domestic side, cooking, cleaning, doing dishes, doing homework with the kids, you know, important stuff. But there's more to life than that, right? And so the three areas that I wasn't putting any time into were my friends, my hobbies, and myself. And just in the last few weeks, by taking, by booking in time for each of those things, has revitalized my energy levels. So I'm actually doing more than I was before, but because I'm putting energy into all the parts of me that I need to, that I need to put energy in, I'm getting more back from it. So if the first lesson that I've learned for myself is that the way that I motivate myself uh, impacts my energy levels because you can't keep up that adrenaline-based, fear-based motivation. It's going to burn you out. And the second lesson is make sure that you invest time into the other parts of your life outside of work. Otherwise, work is going to become this very taxing exhausting thing on the last episode i talked about context switching and how stressful that can be it's not even that you're doing more work you're probably doing less work achieving less because it's less efficient to switch between lots of different tasks but it's the mental burden of holding all those balls in the air it's absolutely exhausting So if you have control over your workload, and you do to agree, everyone has some control over what they do on a day, try and block out your time as much as possible and work on one or two things if you can. I mean, if you have nothing but half an hour tasks to do, then I understand you've got to do a lot of different things. But just even just focusing on one thing at a time and removing distractions during that period can improve your stress. Now, I understand that it's not always possible. One of the things about performance engineering is how much unplanned work we get. We're in the middle of what we plan to do, and then there's an urgent message from another team. We've got a performance issue. We need some urgent testing. We need you to investigate something. I understand that's part of the territory. So that's another thing, is making sure that when you're blocking out your time, I don't know, if you work in sprints, for example, that you leave enough time for that unplanned work. Maybe 
in a delivery team, you could say, uh, I don't know, let's just say for simplicity that one point, one story point is one day of effort. You probably don't want any one person to have more than eight points. But you might find that in your performance engineering role or team that each person can only take four points on because they need the rest of that time to respond to all these unplanned bits of work that appear all the time. Another thing which, to me, brings out stress and anxiety is urgency. Urgency in its very nature brings about an adrenaline rush, uh, panic. And unfortunately, we cannot avoid urgent requests, urgent things which pop up and we have to deal with. But one of the things that I've done my whole career is I always have tried to answer questions in the moment. And that's not necessarily a good thing to to put the pressure on yourself to answer a really complicated question in the moment, which actually requires going away and doing a bit of thinking about. Just the simple phrase of saying, this is really complicated. Can I go away and think about this for a while and come back with an answer is incredibly powerful. I don't think it makes you look less capable If anything, I think it makes you look more capable because it shows that you understand this is a complex problem and that you are willing to put some deeper thought into it and come back with a better solution or a better set of feedback on that. I mean, ultimately, we're being paid to use our minds to strategize and think about things and understand problems, understand risk. So you're doing your organizations, the ones you work for, a disservice by not taking the time to do that. Now, I've always hated the advice, take a deep breath or take a breath. It just doesn't work for me. It it doesn't ring true for me. But I've found my own version that does work for me, which is that if I am in a meeting or a situation where something really uncomfortable or high pressure or stressful happens, I take a moment just to think to myself, What's an appropriate way to respond to the situation? That's something I've been doing for the last three or four weeks. And it's been really effective. And I'm training myself to and do that intuitively now. So just that little moment to stop and ask yourself the question, how should I deal with this situation can make all the difference. Not being able to focus is another thing which I find adds a lot of stress and there's lots of noise these days Uh, I don't know about your organization but we have multiple kinds of chat clients there's video calling and voice calling and emails and um, alert notifications for different tools that we've got set up there's so much happening all the time if I want to sit down and write a strategy document or analyze some results it's difficult to find the focus So one of the things I do is I put do not disturb mode on my chat client. Uh, Sometimes I, uh, I've learned this from one of my colleagues is you can, there's a way to set yourself to appear offline. That's also pretty helpful. And when I'm in the office, I like to wear noise canceling headphones. It's almost become like a signal to everyone around you that you want to focus. And it's got the side effect of blocking out the sound of that person on a video call sitting next to you. Of course, many of us are not in offices right now, but 
this is just in case you are in an office and of course I'm sure most of us will head back to the office for at least some of the time in the near future. And whatever you do, don't work overtime. Don't work late nights. It's just not worth it. Your organization is paying you to show up for a certain period of time. They are taking you away from your life. They're hiring you to take time away from your life, right? So to invest more than is required into that is doing your own life, your own family, your own friends, your own hobbies a disservice. And ultimately, you're going to do the work a disservice because your life isn't balanced. If you're not exercising, do it. Go for a walk. Go for a run, a swim, a cycle, do yoga, do some dancing, whatever it is. It makes a big difference. People are not purely intellectual beings. We have bodies. We need to look after them. The last thing I wanted to talk about, which is something I found myself doing, is feeling responsible for performance in the wider sense. You are not responsible for making sure that every system in your your organization performs well. That is the responsibility of everyone, of delivery teams. If they are delivering a product, they are responsible for making sure it performs well. Your job is to be part of that process, to advise, to assist, to support, to find issues whenever you can. But at the end of the day, it's not your job to solve all the problems. Don't try and take all of that burden on board. That's, I think, the next level of becoming a more senior performance engineer is to realize that your job becomes less about you doing cool technical stuff and more about enabling other people to help themselves. Like I said in the first episode, in part one, there's too much going on in modern organizations for you to do all the work yourself. So think outside the box. Share the love around. Get other people interested in performance. That's a topic for another podcast altogether. Now, if you have any stories about stress and anxiety and being a performance engineer, I'd love to hear about them. So reach out to me on LinkedIn, leave some comments, and I'll see you next time. This is Performance Time.